Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to The Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me as always, Joshua Gray. Hi, John. How's it going? I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, you know, still uh, still coming down a little bit from the Golden Knights win, but you got all uh, your Golden Knights swag still on and everything. Finally, all my championship gear came, came in. in so yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not even going to ask how much money you spend on all that. <laughs> I'm not going to announce that publicly. <laughs> um, we are going to be talking about a topic that we touched a little bit on last year, uh, but it's still very relevant. You know, we've and been spending a lot of time as the VA talking about this for yeah. for good reason, for sure. Yeah, um, that's the PAC Act. So joining us. For the second time, but for the first time about this topic, we have Dr. Monica Rollinson-Mater. Hello, everyone. Hey, welcome back. And she is the champion, uh, the facility champion for uh, the PACT Act. And joining us for the first time is uh, one of our our, our friends of the office, but we haven't had him on the podcast, uh, (laughs) Matt Bowles. And he's the facility environmental health coordinator. Welcome, sir. Thank you. So happy to have you both here and, you know, we talk about this topic. So... Part of the reason why it's so, you know, it's been one of our top priorities for the last year, but one of the reasons it's extremely relevant right now is because we're closing in on the one-year anniversary um, in August. So there's a lot of things that are important with that uh, that we'll talk about. But um, Dr. Monica, over the last year, what kind of things have you seen with the PACT Act? So with the PACT Act for the past year, we've seen an increased number of our veterans returning to the VA to file new claims over conditions that they have filed previously. The PACT Act has expanded the uh, conditions that are related to service connection. And so we have seen an increase in our foot traffic in the Compensation and Pension Environmental Health Registry program. But I think the other thing that we have seen from veterans is a sense of relief, of acknowledgement that their conditions that it wasn't just in their head. There is actual scientific related, con- scientific related to their conditions that they've been having. So I think that's something that we have. I've I've had that expressed to me is that thank you for documenting this, um, that I was exposed, and now these are the conditions that I can potentially get service connected for. And you know, with PAC, going back to what PACT Act actually is. You know, with toxic exposure, you know, Josh and I both served, you know, we're post 9-11 vets, so we both served in areas that were burn pit, mm-hmm. you know, that had burn pits and things like that. So, you know, we knew upon retirement and separation that, you know, the burn pit registry was not was an option and things like that. But, you know, this goes beyond just our generation. We have, you know, toxic exposure cases from, you know, Gulf, the Gulf War, from Vietnam and things mm-hmm. like that. So... Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of generations of veterans who are who were affected by those things and are finally now getting the the opportunity to get claims for that. Um, Matt, how about you? In the time that that you've been working in this position and since the PACT Act has been signed, uh, what kind of things have you seen from veterans? Well, um, number one thing with veterans, they're happy that we're here. Um, we have goes all the way from Mesquite to Laughlin, Kingman, and Prump that come out to see us. Um, we're trying to do the best that we can to get them in, get them seen, get them registered. Um, now we can be able to do VVC Connect with our Agent Orange and Burn Pit now. So that's going to increase our numbers a lot. Uh, we have a lot of backlog right now. 
but we're getting there. Well, what kind of education does it take to to get the word out to to people? Like I, you before the show, you were saying, Matt, that you do like a class. Uh, tell us about some of the education efforts that you, that either of you are, are undertaking to kind of help get the word out. That was all Matt actually <laughs> okay. that came up with the idea of uh, having a registry class for our veterans. We have that once a week on Wednesdays, and it. It allows us to go through with the veterans to say, okay, this is what a registry examination is. This is what a compensation and pension examination is. This is what a uh, this is what filing a claim means, and it gives them the opportunity, the veterans, the opportunity to be with their buddies, to see people who are in the same type of uh, services um, that they have, and they can kind of get to talk and and reconnect that way. But the other idea Matt had was the VA Video Connect, the virtual visits, and do you want to talk about that a little bit and how we you connected with that? Okay, well the virtual concept we came up with is. Um, a lot of veterans can't come in, or it's a hard time to come in. So the VVC, we ask them, are you enrolled in My Healthy Vet? That's the main thing. Um, just try and get out, get the word out to everybody that we can help everybody. And that's our effort, and that's what we signed up here for, to work with veterans. Um, the VVC, it's going to help out a lot because we have Agent Orange, a lot of our veterans can't come in. That's that's the big issue right now. Um, burn pit, we just added burn pit on there too. So burn pit, we can follow up on different, basically cases that call us up. Um, we just try to help everybody out the best we can. Now with those VA Video Connect calls, those are all one-on-one consultations? Correct, one-on-one. Um, we submit a consult in there. Um, right now the turnaround is eight days. Right now, we have exams. We're out almost two months. So we offer the VVC right up front to them. So you've got a lot of veterans that are, that are taking those screenings and, and taking yes. advantage of that. Yes. And we are partnering with our Clinical Resources Hub, Vision 21. They are assisting us with the virtual visits and the telephone visits. So, um, again, it's another opportunity for the veteran to get the care. And I think it should be uh, stated, though, that a registry examination is not required. You don't have to do this in order to file a claim. That is just, it, it's more for research and data collection purposes. So that way, five, ten years in the future, we're able to look back and say, okay, these all, they all, all of these veterans have this medical condition, and this is the common denominator for it. So we do encourage veterans to do the registry, but it's not a requirement for that claim or for the level of service connection. And I think that's something that we try to help provide with education to the veteran that you do not have to do the registry. Now, you talked about some of those, those options for education, you, you know, the things like the, the classes that you can sign up for. Um, we do have um, the video, VA Video Connect. And then additionally, um, you know, this is a big national focus, the va.gov slash PACT, P-A-C-T, um, is a nationally available website. Um, I was pretty blown away by this figure. So since it's been stood up about a year ago, they've had over 10 million unique views. So um, that's, uh, wow. that's it's cool. gotten a lot of traffic. That's a lot. So that's, that's good. Um, and additionally, um, Matt, you've got a, a PowerPoint presentation that you do for education um, that we'll also be sharing um, on our Facebook page. So if you have a chance to, after you hear this podcast, check out our social media accounts. Um, we'll make that uh, that available to everyone. Okay, great. 
so for veterans who retired from military service um, and have potentially had burn pit exposure or other toxic exposures, um, but they've never enrolled in VA care, why would the PACT Act be so important to them and what's the first step? So for the uh, toxic exposure screen, if they've never enrolled with the VA, the first step is to enroll in the VA because we have to be able to document uh, their toxic exposure screen screening questions. And um, one of the misnomers, I think, that has been with toxic exposure screening is, is that it's this complete physical examination that's going to happen, or there's some imaging studies that are done or blood work, and that's not the case. The toxic exposure screen is a series of questions in which we ask the veterans um, where they were and what they may have been exposed to. Um, to try to help to connect them to the resources that they may need, be it a uh, referral to the Veteran uh, Benefits Administration to file a claim or with our social workers in order to get more information or with their primary care team. So, uh, so the first step I would say would be to enroll. Um, the second step would be they can always call our our office at 702-791-9013 to request a toxic exposure screen um, appointment and we would get them set up to do that as well. So one of the things you talk about a lot with with the PACT Act is presumptive uh, conditions. What does that mean to have a presumptive condition? So a presumptive condition is a uh, condition wherein you are, the veteran is determined that their medical condition is related to their military service. But the burden of proof is not as uh, stringent as it might be for any other condition. For example, um, as a part of the PACT Act, there has been uh, the addition of high blood pressure to Vietnam, uh, Agent Orange exposure Vietnam veterans. And so before they used to have to show that because they were in the military and exposed to Agent Orange, that caused them to have high blood pressure. Now it's presumed that if you were exposed to Agent Orange and you have high blood pressure, it is because you were it, it's it was because of your Agent Orange exposure, and that's it. They file a claim, and that's a service-connected condition. And so when we're saying something is presumed, again the VA goes forward and says because you were in this specific area, we know that you had this specific exposure. We know that you have this specific medical condition. So this isn't something where somebody has to prove that they were in a certain place on a certain day, you know, because I mean, let's let's be honest with something like Agent Orange, you don't really, you know, oh, I was exposed to Agent Orange on April 15th, <laughs> 1975. Like nobody, nobody keeps those records or, you know, during Iraq and Afghanistan, if you were out on a fob, you may have been cycling through, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you were there a lot more when things were being burned and, and you were away when they weren't, right? So people don't have to, like, prove, prove. Because I know there's been a, a lot of situations in the past where people needed very strict documentation mm -hmm. that this is absolutely a service-connected thing. Mm -hmm. um, so with this presumptive, uh, you know, pre presumptive service, you don't need any of that or... So we do take a look at the DD-214 because we do need proof that you were in this area at this time. But it doesn't say on April 15, 1990, you were here boots on the ground. It says if you were deployed between this time and this time to any of these locations, it is presumed that you had burn pit exposure. It's even off of the nautical, it's even in the Persian Gulf. You don't even have to have boots on the ground. You could have been on a ship in the sea but if you were in this area, it's considered um, the opportunity to have been exposed. So it, it has relaxed the um, documentation requirements a little, but we still you still have to be in that area and show 
that you were there. And I'm sure for a lot of veterans, that's that's probably a big relief. You know, mm-hmm. I, yes. we're probably luckier than a lot of veterans because all of our or a lot of our medical records were digitized, mm-hmm. and I was able to leave service with a packet in hand with yeah. all those things. Yes. But if you you know if you went through Vietnam, there's a good chance you don't have a printed out copy of <laughs> of every every location and every exposure you might have had. But one of the good things that you can do, um, the the veterans can do, is they can go online uh, to the uh, PACT Act website, and it will tell them the specific locations that are involved with their presumptive conditions. So they can go in and look, and you know, be able to see those things. Also, um, if they don't have those documents readily available, if they are still friends with any of their buddies who may, who may be able to attest that they were there during that time frame, that is sometimes used as evidence that they were in those areas. So um, it doesn't necessarily, we, we'd like to have the documentation, but there are other ways around it. It would be you know beneficial for the veteran to contact the VBA to find out what other types of evidence they would accept. And that was one of the things that I was kind of worried about is, you know, what if somebody's homeless? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we serve a very large homeless population here in, in Southern Nevada. So, you know, if somebody's homeless and they hear about this, but they don't have their records with them or anything, like how do you, how do we get them services? So, and we do have um, the VBA, the Veteran Benefits Administration. We do have an office down on the first floor that the veterans can go to. Um, they can also call um, the uh, VBA phone number at one 800 and they can uh, call them that way. But then we can also get them referred with our social workers. We have HUD, we have homeless social workers. We also have social workers at each one of the primary care clinics that we would refer them to, and that they could assist them in collecting those documents. So we've got a lot of different avenues to help our veterans uh, get the information and the documentation that they need. They'll take as anything as much as a picture of if you were on the ship and you had a picture of it and the picture <laughs> shows the name of the ship that you were on. I mean, they go back to ship logs and look to see if this person was on that ship. So oh. they do have those types of um, uh, records available sometimes. That's great. <laughs> Uh, so with August coming around the corner, we have a lot of uh, big news for PAC Act related materials we're going to talk about in just a little bit, but we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Hey, hon. What you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking you questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo. Do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. 
I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to the Nine Line Podcast. John and Josh here with Matt and Dr. Monica. We're talking about PACT Act. And of course, because these conversations don't just stop because we uh, <laughs> we take a quick break. Um, Josh, you had another really interesting question. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and ask it for the folks here? Sure. So the thing I was really wondering is, you know, what do you tell a veteran? Like, you know, John mentioned we were both in, you know, we were, we were deployed in support of uh, operations in the Middle East during Iraqi freedom, enduring freedom. Um, you know, most of my time I was, I was in the green zone in Baghdad. It was, um, you know, we, we didn't have burn pits there because we had people taking our garbage away. We weren't having a, you know, we didn't have a trench where we were throwing dead batteries and all kinds of stuff like that into it and just lighting it all on fire. So what would you say to a veteran who maybe, you know, was like, well, I was in Iraq, but I was in the green zone. I wasn't, I wasn't by a burn pit. I don't, why is this for me? What would you tell them? Okay, well, this is Matthew. Um, <laughs> in our classes that we teach, we go over all the locations where you're at. Um, you could be in a green zone, like you said you were, but you were involved with sandstorms, <coughs> airplane exhaust, things like that, um, smoke from the oil fires. Um, you were exposed to those toxins. Um, when we go over that in the classes and also online, um, you can see exactly where and what countries that were affected. Right now, they've added Egypt, Uzbekistan, and Syria to the burn pits. So once you go online to register on the burn pits, um, it's going to ask you six questions. You're going to go past that and go on to the 40 questions when they ask you that. At the end, when you're a participant, click on your participant. It's going to print out your medical record and your where your location was your TDY, everything like that. It will show your whole complete military record. So even if I wasn't just sitting there looking at a burn pit, you know, you, you could still be exposed to it because it, it goes into the air and winds carry it and, and things like that. Yes, we, we know that um, any time any type of substance is released into the air, you still have the opportunity to be exposed to that. And we want to make sure that um, there are conditions that you may not even think are associated with your exposures to burn pits. That might be one of the common ones when I'm going through toxic exposure screening questions with veterans is, do you have chronic allergies? Do you have sinusitis? Do you have asthma or COPD? Those are, are presumptive conditions related to burn pit exposures. But we also have to uh, get away from only thinking of burn pit and Agent Orange and ionizing radiation as those exposures. Any type of toxin that you were exposed to while you're active duty from an immunization, from an animal bite, a human bite if you got into a fight with anyone, um, <laughs> jet fuel, asbestos, those are all exposures that you can have. And while there may not be a registry for that or where, while there may not be a presumptive condition for that, 
if you have a medical condition that is related to any type of toxic exposure that you have, take that opportunity to file a claim because right now that might not be a, a, it might not be something that's considered, but who knows what happens next year, 10 years, that might be a, a condition later on. So definitely encourage you to we think outside of the airborne hazard burn pit box and let's start thinking about all the other things that we uh, may have been exposed to as, as a veteran. It just shows the, the value of the education because Josh, sure. and I, Josh and I have been talking about this for a year, and I actually had no idea that some of those things were considered to be part of it. So, right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> check out the class because that sounds like there's some valuable information for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, we talked about with August being the, the one-year anniversary. Um, the, the original bill was signed August 9th. So um, this year, with the one-year anniversary coming up, we are kind of setting a, a reminder to everyone that if you haven't gotten your screening yet, and you haven't filed your claim yet, please do so before August 9th because that will get you grandfathered into the original date of the signature. That Yes, that is correct. And so just uh, to clarify, toxic exposure screening is going to continue in perpetuity. It's going to continue every five years at least um, for veterans. So you don't have just a one-time bite at the apple. This is something that you will uh, continue to be asked. And the reason that we're going to continue this is because we want to make sure we are deploying uh, exposure-informed care. We know that there are certain conditions that are associated with exposures, and we want to make sure that we are uh, being mindful when we are examining veterans for that. But where this one-year anniversary does come into play is, is that um, if you haven't filed a claim yet, if you file a claim before August 9th, 2023, or an intent to file a claim before August 9th, 2023, you can have um, any types of uh, compensation or benefits backdated to August 9th, 2022. So that could be a significant amount of money. So even if you don't know if you're gonna file a claim, file the intent to file, and then that get that that gets you into that grandfathered in um, portion. So it's very important that that is done. But as you said, it is something that we will be continuing in perpetuity. So yes. you know, it's nice to get that extra you know year backdated of, of uh, claims. But definitely, um, you know, <laughs> any time is better than never. Mm-hmm. Uh, now to remind people that we're going to be talking about that um, and to provide some more information, we're actually going to be having a. Uh, we call a veteran or a summer vet fest um and this is something that's gonna be nationwide all vas are gonna be participating in this but we're gonna be holding ours in conjunction with a town hall and a resource fair so it's kind of a one-stop shop for any kind of information you might want and we're gonna be doing it on saturday july 29th of this year uh it's gonna be from 10 a.m until 2 p.m so make sure you uh you come out there and you know Find out whatever questions you have about the PACT Act, about anything else we do here at the VA. Uh, but really, it's going to be centered around that. So you can you know, sign up for your, your toxic screening. We'll have members of VBA out there uh, talking about the veteran benefits side of things. Um, you know, we, we had them on the podcast earlier in the year. So you know, they were able to address some of those questions, which, by the way, if you're listening and you want to go through our backlog, um, <laughs> I don't know the exact <laughs> episode number, but we did have uh, Christina Tellerico on um, from VBA. And we did talk about some of those things, but um, might, might as well just check it out in person and uh, come on down to the, uh, the VetFest Town Hall. It's July 29th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Um, now, a couple other questions regarding PACT Act in general. Um, will veteran survivors get any benefits with PACT Act? They may. 
they may it um, depends uh, I never I never try to guarantee that they definitely will but they can apply for uh, survivor uh, benefits there are uh, three uh, different categories uh, of benefits that may be available for the uh, family for dependent children's uh, spouses or a, a pat- parent of a veteran who uh, may have died uh, as a result of a uh, service-connected illness and presumptive condition. So I would definitely encourage um, encourage the uh, family members to to file a claim. Uh, if unfortunately their veteran is no longer uh, with us and capable of doing that. And there are some benefits that may be available. Now, do you foresee having a lot more cases of you know people doing registration or have we seen the bulk of, of our veteran population already take part in this? Uh, so to date, we have screened about 48,000 of our 78,000 veterans in our area. Um, and those are enrolled veterans. Those are veterans that have enrolled. So we still have not seen the um, entirety of those that are in our catchment area. We're Las Vegas. Um, people are moving here um, at a very steady clip. So we anticipate that we will continue to grow. Um, and uh, we are currently in phase two of our toxic exposure screening rollout, uh, which is where we are uh, expanding the uh, phase. Phase one was primary care was doing the original screens. Phase two, we have expanded into specialty care. And then phase three is going to be our outreach, where we're going to be um, actively seeking out veterans to complete this toxic exposure uh, screening question. So um, I don't I, while we've reached a lot of our veterans here, I, I still I know that there is an increased opportunity to um, ask these questions of other veterans that may not be um, enrolled in our facility. Is there a certain veteran population uh, as far as eras and, and uh, conflicts that makes a, a larger portion of the people that we screened? So right now we're seeing um, a lot of uh, Vietnam. Uh, the Agent Orange and uh, burn pit hazard, airborne um, and op- airborne hazard open burn pit exposure. So the OEF, OI of um, Operation New Dawn, uh, those are the ones that were tr- generally make up the majority of the veterans that we're seeing and the um, exposures that are being reported. If you are a Gulf War in that era, you also may be eligible for the burn pit also. So that's two registries right there. So we'll have two exams, and we do it all at one time on that. Now, you're saying we had, what, 40, you said 48,000? Yeah, so about 48,000 so far. I mean, that's pretty incredible. That's well over 50% that, mm-hmm. that we're looking how, how does that compare to some of the other healthcare networks in the country? Well, I will say that we are leading our vision uh, right now or in uh, the numbers that we have screened. Um, and so we are very proud of that uh, here in Las Vegas. As long as we're beating Reno, we're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always. Uh, so, um, and when I am on my toxic exposure screening calls, we uh, community of practice calls, we are averaging what other facilities are, and we're doing a very good job of uh, completing those follow-up questions as well. So, very proud of the processes that we have established here at our facility. I think we've got several best practices um, here, and uh, we have been uh, sharing those with other. Uh, other facilities as well. So out of those 48,000, do you know how many of those have resulted in actual claims being granted, or do we have that number? I don't have that number specifically with me. Um, We have not, I haven't had anyone come in. I don't know about you, if you've had any. Well, about 50% 
of what come uh, what veterans are coming in are actually filing a claim also because a lot of their conditions now they right. actually connect with sure. it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, also with Agent Orange. Sure. Too. Makes sense. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the, the success rates that we've seen are in no small part due to the efforts that you guys have done. So thank you on behalf of myself as a veteran, as an employee here. You know, thank you for doing what you guys are doing because I, I know that's going to make things a lot easier for those of us who have conditions linked to those. Well, that's what we're here for. And if there's ever a question, um, again, veterans can call our, our compensation and pension um, environmental Health Registry, 702-791-9013, and they can schedule a toxic exposure screening appointment. And again, if you have any other questions that you want uh, from like the national perspective, there's uh, the va.gov slash PACT Act. And they do have a, an ask, askva.gov questionnaire form on there as well. Um, thank you both so much for joining us. And again, if you're interested in learning more about PACT Act or visiting the Summer Vet Fest, it's going to be July 29th at the VA hospital here in North Las Vegas from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash lasvegasva. Thanks for listening.